Coming up, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this can happen to me, plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself, so I see the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude, and now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis, study the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight, this ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness, that's when we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brandis, we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. How about that? Welcome back, suckers. An all-new theme song, thanks to my boy, Mikey Ruckus. Uh, Sucker Radio has its own theme song. You will hear that before each and every episode. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Mikey Ruckus. I am your host, Jeremy Brand. As it says in the theme song, um, also before the theme song, we played a little ditty, a little uh, nugget from our friend, uh, Don Andrews, he has made us some audio tidbits, audio snaps, snip, snippets, whatever you want to call them. He's made us a few of these for before segments, for before the show, during the show, whatnot. And we love them as well. So thank you to Don Andrews and Mikey Ruckus for our audio on this episode. We have a fantastic show, obviously, for your listening pleasure. I have one guest, well, sort of two. But I'll uh, let you know about that in a few minutes. Our one guest, he will be making his UFC debut this Saturday night in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Toshido MMA's Matt Dwyer. I have had the opportunity, lucky enough, to watch this guy progress through the rankings as an amateur, as a professional. He's now 7-1 as a pro. He's beaten two UFC vets. He's held the welterweight championship not only as an amateur but as a professional under Battlefield Fight League up here in British Columbia. And it is with my honor to say that I've seen this guy progress. So Matt Dwyer is my guest today and I am extremely excited to chat with him and extremely excited to hear what he has going on and how he is feeling prior to his UFC debut this Saturday night in Halifax. Also, obviously, we have Justin Perot's Unpopular Opinions. It was off last week due to fight boozing. Uh, he is back this week for another segment of Unpopular Opinions. That will be up first. But I am adding a new segment this show. I am going to be joined by my buddy who works at Funhouse Tattoos. His name is Daniel Sass. He's going to be doing a segment on tattoos in MMA. It's going to be called Sass's Tatty Talk. And uh, that'll come up maybe once a month, maybe uh, every few weeks. We're going to be chatting about some different tattoos and whatnot in MMA. But on this first little segment, we're going to just introduce him and talk about some of his favorite tattoos in MMA. Some of the work that he does at Funhouse Tattooing up here in Vancouver, British Columbia. And much more with him. Not going to talk much news. Obviously, as I said, it is fight week. We have Matt Dwyer fighting in Halifax, Nova Scotia. But we also have two fight cards this Saturday night for the UFC. We have UFC Fight Night 53 in the morning from Stockholm, Sweden, if you're in North America. And we have UFC Fight Night 54 from Halifax, Nova Scotia. The main event for UFC Fight Night 54, uh, Kelowna, BC as well. And living out of Montreal right now, we have Rory McDonald versus Tarek Safadine in the main event of that one. And the Swedish card in the main event is Gunnar Nelson against Rick Story. Two fantastic fight cards. Also this weekend, on Saturday, I'm going to be heading down to uh, Washington State across the border there. Um, the good folks at Super Fight League. India's Super Fight League are going global. They're going to be holding Super Fight League 35 in the United States of America. It's going to be 
From the Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma, Washington, Victor Henry versus Corey Von Bauer in the main event at uh, Super Fight League 35. So I'm going to be heading down there for that. It should be fun. It should be exciting. And without further ado, let's get right into something else that's exciting. Justin Pirro's unpopular opinions. You got an opinion? It doesn't matter. Because Justin Pirro doesn't give a shit about yours. Up next, Unpopular Opinions, here on Sucker Radio. Hey everyone, it's me, Justin Pirro, back again for more Unpopular Opinions, here on Sucker Radio at MMASucker.com. First off, who's stoked? We get Coffee Time MMA this weekend. Yeah, UFC Stockholm. It's always nice to be able to wake up at a reasonable hour, but get some coffee, maybe have some bacon, and watch live fights. I am so stoked for that. And it's it's going to be great. It's going to be great, especially because we get Gunnar Nelson versus Rick Story, and you should be watching Gunnar Nelson. That emotionless, stone-faced young Icelander is going to be a force in the welterweight division. You mark my words. So, yes, watch. And then we get UFC Halifax. And I can't be the only one who's hoping for a... uh, (laughs) for the celebrity appearance to be the Trailer Park Boys. Come on. You want to see Ricky Julian in Bubbles front row. Admit it. And you want to see them in character. You want to see, you know, Jean-Paul Tremblay... You want to see Ricky. Yeah. You don't want to see Mike Smith. You want to see Bubbles. And you want to see them getting drunk and rowdy and cheering on Rory McDonald versus Tarek Safadine or Elias Theodoro and his magnificent hair. Now, we're going to look back now that we're done looking at the future and Yoel Romero versus Tim Kennedy. I don't place any blame on what happened on Yoel Romero. He probably didn't know what was going on at the time. I place the blame in this order. His corner, so yes, Ricardo Laborio, and no, I don't believe his excuse about the Spanish-speaking only, so the only Spanish-speaking cornerman in there. Come on, tap a guy on the shoulder. He'll figure it out. And... As well, I blame the commission for not making Romero stand up while they wiped off the Vaseline. Come on, guys. That's day one stuff. And unfortunately, John McCarthy, he had an off night. He had an off night and things just got out of his control. So, yeah. That's all I got to say on that. Finally, Conor F. and McGregor. Now that guy. That guy. He made Dustin Poirier look like he should be, like Poirier should be fighting in King of the Cage. You know, it was. He complete. He pretty much stifled him completely. And I know there's a big hype train behind McGregor, but when you can do that to the number five ranked featherweight. Make him look like a rank amateur who's too tentative to do much of anything. I got no complaints if he fights Jose Aldo next. And you shouldn't either. Alright, you can hit me up on Twitter at StormlandBrand or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stormland. Let me know what you think. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your complaints and grievances with what I have to say. Also, I want to know if you tried the Loser Pale Ale from Elysian Brewing that I recommended last week on Fight Boozing. Because there's going to be more Fight Boozing to come. We got the next one lined up for UFC 179. And it's going to be something I'm sure most of you haven't tried yet. So stay tuned for that. And I'm going to throw this back to Jeremy. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, as always, unpopular opinions. 
One thing I didn't mention off the hop, this Friday night we have Battlegrounds MMA 1. This is a pay-per-view card um, put on. It's going to be a one-night tournament for a championship belt, a one-championship belt for Battlegrounds. It's going to be pretty cool, so uh, check your local listings, pay-per-view. There's a bunch of UFC vets that are in this thing. Um, I'll be definitely checking it out on Friday night, Battlegrounds MMA 1, live on pay-per-view. So up next, as I said, my one and only guest this week, other than my buddy Sass for Taddy Talk, is UFC Fight Night 54's Matt Dwyer right after this. Listener discretion is heavily advised. He is set to make his UFC debut on October 4th in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Please welcome Kelowna, BC's Matt Dwyer to Sucker Radio. Matt, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, you were expected to make your debut at a cancelled UFC 176 card against Alex Garcia, but prior to the card being cancelled, you were forced out of action due to injury. Just explain what happened. Um, uh, well, it wasn't really uh, an injury, actually. Um, what actually ended up happening, I had to go uh, go back to work. Um, yeah, the fight card got cancelled. I was pretty much pinching every penny I had right up until that point. And uh, so as, uh, when the card got cancelled, it was like, all right, like I had the opportunity to go make some more money, right? So I'd uh, be able to sit pretty for the next time around. So that's kind of what I did. I went and just uh, worked up north for a bit. And um, my body definitely could have used a break too. Not that I was injured or anything. It was just uh, I was starting to fall apart there just from back-to-back fight camps, having that that savage fight with Demarcus there. And then... Um, you know, and then I got like the, I, I done my coach got the, the email uh, like twelve days later after that fight, uh, saying you know I got signed and they wanted me to fight in like six weeks or seven weeks or whatever it was. So it was pretty much like fight camp starts now. And uh, you know after you get told you got signed to the UFC, you know it's oh I better do like fifty rounds today or you know <laughs> I, I just kind of went a hundred million miles an hour out of the gate and. Uh, you know, my body started wearing down on me, especially after having uh, a, such a fight, a fight camp and fight followed by it. But uh, yeah, so uh, no, I had no issues now. Um, body's doing great. Cardio's where it needs to be. Weights on point. Uh, just uh, really looking forward to uh, finishing this fight camp and uh, getting out to Halifax and putting on a show. So you're a UFC fighter who still has a day job. That, I mean, you don't hear much of that anymore these days with with sponsors and whatnot. Just explain your day-to-day. Do you, uh, during this fight camp, are you still working an average day no. job? No. No. Uh, sorry, no, not not anymore. No, that was like, uh, you know, I just got that, I just got the call. I was going to be out there. Um, and everything was just happening so fast. Our coach didn't really, you know, we, we didn't really have a lot of time to plan the fight camp out and talk to sponsors and stuff. So, yeah, that was just like uh, I, I had an opportunity to work for a couple of weeks and then just come back with uh, some cash in my pocket and uh, pay some bills, right? So, <laughs> you know, now um, no, this fight camp I've, uh, you know, I've been able to save and, uh, you know, uh, I got some help from a, sp- uh, from a sponsor so far. And, uh, yeah, no, I've been able to focus just mainly on training full-time all fight camp. So, uh, yeah. Everything uh, everything worked out great. Perfect. Now, our home base being Vancouver, BC, we've seen your progression in the sport as you basically grew up inside the Battlefield Fight League cage. Um, just talk us through your thoughts on fighting for BFL since every one of your fights, other than the first two, were with that promotion. Um, sorry, you kind of cut out there, bud. Okay, no, I was just asking you to, to talk us through... Um, your thoughts on fighting for Battlefield Fight League since every one of your fights other than the first two were with them. Yeah, no, um, I, I had a couple fights that were, uh, um, like it, it doesn't show on sure dog all of my amateur fights that I've had. But, uh, yeah, I know it's, uh, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, I was, I've been in there since, uh, BSL one all the way up, uh, to, to the UFC pretty much just, uh, graduated through them. Right. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, like, you know, I, I stuck with Jay and, uh, he was, he was good to me, man. He was a, he was a good promoter. He lost to me. And, uh, you know, we, we had that kind of, you know, that loyalty between each other. And, uh, you know, once I beat a, a couple of local guys, 
um, defending the belt. Uh, you know, our coach, I mentioned to get um, some UFC vets in there, right? And, you know, that's kind of what you need to do when you uh, want to make that next step to the UFC. All right, so there's been obviously a ton of talented fighters make their way from Toshido to the UFC. I mean, we've seen Rory McDonald, who's gone on to TriStar and now is is fighting in the main event in Halifax. Uh, Sarah Morass, who's made it to the UFC. Also, Michael Hill, who trained out at Toshido, was on the Ultimate Fighter. Now yourself, what is it about Toshido that is breeding these uh, these talented fighters? You know, uh, I, it's just... Uh... You know, the training is uh, top-notch, man. Like, uh, you know, a little Okanagan, but we got some world-class trainers here, world-class gyms, you know, like, uh, and they're right next to each other. But, you know, above that is it's the people that uh, come to train, man. We're there every day, and, uh, you know, we we work hard. That's, at the end of the day, we, we want to be the best. We train to be the best, right? We strive to be the best. And, you know, it's just a lot of us have something, like, you know what they say, that you, you just you can't teach, right? And, um, and yeah, like we all, like Mike Hill's got like one of the biggest hearts. Sarah does, you know, Sarah, she had her last fight camp, all fight camp, uh, she was in like, she had lower back issues, like with her spine. And, uh, like, you know, she was, you know, she was crying and she cried like every single day, but she still showed up and like battled it out when had a war, just all of us, right. We, you know, we, we bleed, sweat and tear together every day. So that, you know, we're, we're a family, we're a tight knit group. And, uh, you know, we, we know what to do to win and that's just push it, push each other to the limit, right? Push each other, push each other to the point of death. But, um, yeah, you know, but, uh, you know, every, every gym has their own methods, right? And, uh, everybody trains hard, but, you know, we just, uh, we, we, we try to just kick it up, kick it up a notch, I guess you would say. Is cross training something that you'd be into, like heading to other gyms? Uh, cross, oh yeah, cross training, cross training is definitely, um, you know, something that I uh, look into, right? I'm always going to stay in Toshido. I don't think uh, I'm ever going to move away or anything like that. Uh, if anything, we're going to bring people to our gym and stuff. But, I mean, if I go train somewhere else for a month or however long, you know, I'll, uh, you know I'm you know, i always going to come back to to here, right? I got everything I need here. All my sponsors like Physio and Cairo. Um, my, my strength and conditioning club is literally right next door, both great big gyms and the people that just a good atmosphere. There's no, there's really no reason to believe if anything, you just, you know, I'll bring more people here, which we did for this fight camp. Uh, we brought Brendan Kronberger up. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of, you know, who he is, yeah. right? He's been out of Adam Ryan's gym. That guy is great guy, stand up guy, good, good, great personality, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and he's a kick-ass fighter, man. He fight, fights at 185. The guy, uh, just had me, man. When he was up here, we were pushing each other, Every day, man, I, like, uh, it was just a grind. I didn't like being on the bottom. He didn't like being <laughs> on the bottom, right? We just made each other work. So it was awesome having him up here, man. And I know he's going to be back. I'll probably go down there and train with him, you know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, we we brought in uh, Shane Shallon Campbell, uh, you know, K1K boxer, world Muay Thai champ. His, his stand-up was legit, man. Like, uh, he dropped me with a couple solid body or liver kicks. You know, he's, uh, he's a great guy to have up here and train with us, right? And uh, he actually wants to... Uh, move to Kelowna full-time and train with us. He liked it so much here. So, you know, that'd be great. It, it, you know, more people we can get, you know, with that kind of experience is just where it'll just help out everybody. For sure. Mm-hmm. Now your, your debut will be in Canada. Obviously you were supposed to fight in Los Angeles. This is a longer flight for you, but how cool is it to uh, be fighting in front of your home country? Oh, it's, uh, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, uh, I, I guess we're they're going to be starting the card actually at seven o'clock of their time, so it'll be you know three and a half hour time ahead time change. So everybody on the west coast will be viewing it at the normal time. I thought that maybe they would start it, you know, like they normally do at three thirty or whatever there. But no, it looks like it's going to the card's going to be running until like three in the, in the morning. So I'm pretty happy that I'm going to be second side of the night and just get it <laughs> over with, right? No kidding. So, now you're uh, not- in the go on, we- go on, yeah. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna say I don't get taxed by Canada. You fight in the states, you get taxed by both countries. So I mean, that's uh, that's an added bonus, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, all around. It's just uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. I heard uh, Halifax is a really cool city as well. A lot of cool heritage there, and uh, history and stuff. So uh, cool, cool older buildings and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be cool. Nice. Never now, been to the East Coast before, so that's awesome. Now your last fight. 
Um, definitely had people take notice as you were able to defeat Demarcus Johnson in a bloodbath of a fight. Um, was this your toughest fight to date? Because sitting there in the crowd, like I was cage side for this fight, and the 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 power in Demarcus's punches sounded like nothing that I have ever heard before. Like I I've seen my fair share of fights, and this guy put a thud behind those punches. Do you think not only was this the toughest fight to date, but do you think this fight was what made the UFC take notice of you? Oh yeah, they they like seeing fights that, like that, right? Um, just total wars, you know. Cut it out, and don't don't quit, and just keep going, right? Blood and just just not quitting, right? Like if I think the UFC saw that, and like that's what that's the kind of fights they like. The the guys that run the UFC, they, they they like the fights where all technique goes out the window, and both <laughs> guys are just heads down, throwing bombs, right? Getting the crowd going nuts. That's that's what that's what they like to see, right? Not not too much technical, you know, kind of. You know, picking your shots and having a safe fight. They they like it when guys go out there and gut it out. I mean, we were you know we still kept it pretty technical, but those those punches were pretty heavy. I mean, the Demarcus came in like uh, ten pounds overweight. Yeah. We were supposed to fight. We were supposed to fight at one seventy five, and uh, you know we we got word that there's no way he's gonna make uh, make weight, and that we're gonna he they'd pay me whatever for every pound he comes overweight. And uh, we're like, okay, fine. That's what I, I pictured he'd come in at 180, right? Yeah. You know, we're, and uh, no, he came in at uh, 180, 185, or something like that. It was like 184.9, or it was like 185.9, something like that. And I, I weighed in at 173.9, and I was like, oh, and then the commission wasn't going to let the fight happen unless I weighed 180. So uh, instead of stuffing my face with food and water and trying to make 180 right away, I just took the shortcut and threw on my jeans and stuffed my pockets full of cell phones and car keys and <laughs> <laughs> made weight like that. You know, I'm sure I would have made it 180 fairly fast, but I just, you know, let's get this over with. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, it was a 185 fight, I guess you get, I, I, you know, I was maybe, I, I was probably, I was probably 185 when I fought him, right? Like, you know, or somewhere around that way. And I'm sure he, he put on some weight. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was definitely a lot bigger than me. And, but whatever, right? I, 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 I trained too hard for that fight, and uh, I, I just wanted to fight, man. And, you know, and, uh, damn, yeah, those were some heavy hits, man. I remember getting rocked. I just, right off the bat, too, and just yeah. being like, <laughs> whoa. I was like, <laughs> I just kept reminding myself. Every time I saw lights, I'm like, okay, you just got hit. Don't go out. I like, just <laughs> stay awake, right? Like, just keep it. Like you know what to do. Like just you know. Uh, so yeah, no, that was uh, it was a good experience to have. That's for sure, right? I know I can take a hit. That's for sure. But uh, definitely don't want to show that every time that I can get it, take a hit, right? I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be the guy hitting. But you know that's okay. I, I know I can take a hit now, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, just walk us through your mindset when you found out that you had been signed by the UFC. Oh man, it was like, like I said, like I, I actually literally, I literally got a call from my boss to go work up more for a couple of weeks. So he just said, he only needed me for three weeks or however long. And I was like, it was just after my fight. And, uh, I was talking to my coach and we figured like, Hey, okay, you know, I probably have to get one more win against a big name and uh, I'll probably get in. That's how we were looking at it. I probably need one more win. And, uh, you know, I guess my coach emailed Joe Silva prior to my conversation with him and then he emailed again that day when I walk I walk into the gym and I told him I'm like hey excuse me I'm say hey coach um like my boss from up north you know gave me a call you know I think I can go uh go work for a couple weeks and make some money and come back and you know I'll uh, I'll be able to keep training full-time kind of thing right he's like yeah no that's that's fine uh we'll work that out and uh during this time um UFC, uh, ex the UFC thing was coming into town, right? Where the last year was here, it was kind of like a meet and greet thing, uh, promoting the video game, uh, the new game out. So the and uh, coach was going to be down in Las Vegas for Sarah Morris's fight. And, uh, so he needed people here to do like a demo kind of thing. Right. So he, uh, he wanted me to be there. So anyways, blah, blah, blah. He, he went and, uh, checked the email to check his date or whatever to see, to make sure it all, it all work out that I'd be done working up North to be back in time to be there for the demo. And, uh, when he did that, like everybody's kind of warming up, getting ready for class. And he just, you know, let out a big, Whoa. <laughs> and everybody's like, Oh, you, you okay, coach? He's like, Dwyer, get over here. And like, I kind of like, hmm, I kind of knew, right? But something's up. And 
came over and just a look in his face and I, I ran around the computer and read it and you know coach was just t- talking me up to Joe Silva I t- told him a bit about my career and uh, you know just uh and then emailed him again and he didn't because usually Joe Silva emailed my coach back right away he emailed him again he's like hey I'm not sure if you got my email last week but here it is again and you know just name us a fight you know anybody you want us to fight to get in there and we'll make it happen and then no he just said you're he's like okay six weeks from now or whatever fighting um uh alex garcia in uh, los angeles and i was just like i was just like whoa i was I was running around the gym just like <laughs> screaming my eyes just like ah, oh my god but so it was, it was pretty surreal it was just like you know it's a dream making a dream come true you know it's uh never really done that uh i haven't really done that before especially the one that this big you know what i mean it was just uh Got a lot of emotions, you know. I, I swear, I was like, I was pretty cool. I could have cried, you know what I mean? Yeah, for <laughs> Just, sure. Uh, I, I was, you know, it's it's pretty unreal. So now it's, you know, I think it's actually it's starting to set in now. Like when I got the word that I got uh, got signed, there, I was just like didn't really sink in, you know. It just seemed so fast, and like it didn't really didn't really sink in yet. Now, now it is like now that. I'm getting closer uh, and then I'm actually going to be flying out to Halifax and I'm going to be in the cage and Bruce Buffer is going to be saying my name. You know, it's just, that is just cool, to eh? think yeah, now, for right? sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you'll, you'll be taking on Albert Tumanov in your Octagon debut. The Russian is one and one in the UFC. I'm sure you've already been doing a ton of game planning as Toshido is known for that without giving away your game plan or giving us your game plan. Do you see many gaping holes in his game? Well, you know, I'm just uh, just judging by what we saw, right? We actually we were able to get a uh, get one of his his first fight in the UFC, the one that went three rounds. Um, he fought another tall, lanky guy, and uh, you know, just Albert, he just he throws a lot of big, heavy punches, right? A lot of his punches are just big right hands, big left hooks, big heavy kicks, just heavy, heavy. And, uh, you know, if he was on top of the other guy for a bit and it was just like, just kept, he just kept punching, right? He kept punching, 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 didn't stop punching. But, uh, you know, when he got taken down and put on his back, not a whole lot of jujitsu off his back. Like he was able to get, a, uh, two reversals, I believe, just, just bridging hard or like getting back to his feet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not a, like not a lot in the jujitsu area or the wrestling, you know, I'm sure he's been working on that. Like. But uh, if there's any chink in his armor, I'd, I would say it would be his uh, our, his wrestling and his uh, and his jujitsu. But you know, I'm definitely uh, I'm not taking him lightly there either, right? Like even you know, stand up is going to be his thing. And obviously, I he's five eleven. I'm six four. You know, I got the height advantage on him. Uh, his reach is pretty long for his height, though. He's got seventy five inch reach, I guess, wow. or seventy five inch wingspan. Yeah, I'm about seventy seven or just under that, somewhere like somewhere around there. So you know. I'll still have a little bit of a reach advantage on him, so I'm I'm just going to be you know sticking with that, working my you know my outside game on him, right, and try you know avoiding any big heavy punches, make sure I don't get caught by something I don't see coming, you know up against the cage we we drill that every day, right? We're grinding each other up against that cage every day, so that because we know that's where a lot of fights are won and lost, you know, so we want to be prepared for just a grueling battle up against the cage on the ground, you know, getting back to your feet, staying on top, you know, just, just being prepared wherever the fight may take place. Right. Like my game is always going to be to use my outside re- or game. Right. I always, always work my reach against the other guys. Right. Cause you know, that's just, that's one of my gifts, I guess, from God, like my, just my body type. So that there's no secret there, but yeah, just, uh, you know, we're, we're preparing for uh, the, our, my toughest fight yet, and uh, I'm definitely ready for it. One more day at camp. It's going to be hell. Can't <laughs> wait till it's going to be done, right? I can't wait till tomorrow's going to be done. And then, uh, yeah, just stay fresh, keep the lungs open, lots of stretching, and uh, just staying focused, man. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, make weight. Um, right, like this morning, I was, uh, after my, you know, I did my workout and everything, I was 180 pounds this morning, you know, so... I'm, uh, you know, still full of energy. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Everything, uh, everything's just uh, panning out nicely. You, <laughs> so I just, you I, I'm sound really it. You excited. sound it. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like this is a better matchup for you than the original one with Garcia? Um, uh, I know. Really, I, I mean, Garcia is like five foot nine with seventy-two inch arms. So I think he's a beast, <laughs> though. He's a beast, yeah, for sure. But uh, I, you know, I, like I watched his fight against um, Neil Magny, and uh, 
that I would have fought. I, I would have fought very similar to Neil Magny for sure. Neil Magny's built just like me. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we're both tall guys. He's got he's got way longer arms than me. I think he's got eighty inch reach or wingspan, so that's pretty long. But you know, yeah, obviously I wouldn't be taking Garcia lightly at all. You know, he's uh, big double leg takedowns, big heavy punches and stuff. But you know, um, I definitely uh, I would work my range as best I could against him, and you know. He, uh, he, he, I know Garcia's like a really muscular dude, right? And he keep that cardio going with those big muscles, and eventually, you know, he'll tuck her out. But uh, you know, yeah, both guys are gonna be equally tough. Everybody in the UFC, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be tough, right? Nobody's just gonna roll over for you, right? I gotta yeah. be. Doesn't it doesn't matter who it is? It's it's gonna be a tough fight, and uh, you just be ready. Just make sure you're. I'm. I just gotta make sure I'm ready to be uh, better that night. Now I have to no ask this. Yeah, I have to ask this because it is your octagon debut. They do talk octagon jitters for first-time fighters, but you've had a few people come through your gym that have fought in the octagon. So, what have they told you, and what do you think your mindset will be like when you step inside that cage for the first time? You hear Bruce Buffer say your name and whatnot. Well, yeah, you know, training with Rory uh, when he comes in, it's uh, it feels great, you know, because uh, he's been he's been there, and uh, you know, you listen to what he says, and you know, he's got he's got good feedback from me whenever we train, and he tells me, you know, what I'm doing good, and you know, if I gotta if you if I gotta work on something or you know some certain techniques, you know, he's he's very knowledgeable and helps me out with that, but you know, he always you know he gives me good feedback on how I do, and you know. Uh, and uh, being able to hold my own uh, when I'm training with him, you know, is uh, is a good feeling. I, you know, he definitely, uh, you, you, you can tell he's definitely number one or no, number two in the world or whatever they got him ranked at. He's definitely uh, ready to fight for that belt, right? Uh, he's, I'm training with a guy. I wish I could train with him all the time. But, uh, you know, training with him, it just, it, yeah, it, it really helps, you know, and uh, just tells me what, you know, what to expect and what the cage is like and, and, uh, you know, as far as, you know, when I go out there, I'm, I'm just going to look at it like, you know, uh, just like if I was fighting in battlefield, like if I was, if I was try, still trying to get into the UFC and, uh, you know, Jay came up and said, Hey, there's this Russian dude. He's fought twice in the UFC. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll get him to fight. Yeah. And it's like, we would take it right away. Right. That's how we would look at it. But sure. We, I got to beat this guy if I want to get into the UFC. So, you know, that's how I, uh, I can kind of treat it, but you know, I'm going to go out there and you know, there's going to be a lot of emotions that I'm just going to just have to keep on check, like, keep in check, right? It's just that's it. Forget about it. I think the biggest thing is when Bruce Buffer starts saying your name, I'm just going to have to just cancel that out, right? Like you know, <laughs> thumbs up and wave. But yeah, that wasn't Bruce Buffer. <laughs> that wasn't Bruce Buffer. And just keep my eyes on my opponent. And uh, at the end of the day, it's it's just a fight, man. It's just another fight. It's going to be a tough guy, and uh, just do the right things, man. So once once the fight gets going, and uh, know the the first couple seconds or the minutes over and you start getting in that comfort zone and you're not thinking anymore and everything just becomes second nature that's that's when you start to get creative that's you know everything starts to work out nicely right and yeah well when when i hit that it won't even it doesn't it won't even matter that i'm in the ufc right when it, it, it'll just be like any other fight that i've ever been in it's just everything will be second nature so it's just uh it's just that first hurdle you got to get over yeah, yeah. Now, just two more questions before I let you go here. You spoke Rory McDonald there. You have been training with him a bit, I'm sure, during this training camp. How awesome is it to be fighting on the same card as a guy that's like your brother and the fact that you're going to get to go out there, fight your fight, and then watch him fight in the main event? Oh, man, it's uh, <laughs> epic, man. Like It's, uh, it's going to be epic. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I was interviewed before, and it's it just it feels like everything is just meant to be, man. It's it's gonna be like magic, I swear. <laughs> you only hope, right? But I just, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to say. It's like there's if you, uh, you you know if you told me this is how everything was gonna work out when I, I first started fighting, is you know I you know maybe I would have believed you, but it was just like yeah, right, kind of thing, right? Just it, it does, you know it doesn't happen to too many people, so. um no, I just I feel really blessed with this opportunity. You know, it's uh, it's it's been a long road and uh, a lot of ups and downs, but uh, to finally be here and like end like this, you know, and like there's Rory and then there's you know there's gonna be a lot of other Canadian guys. You know, I was hanging out with Elias. He's a cool dude, and you know it's uh, it's gonna be amazing, man. It's gonna be an amazing night, and uh, every Canadian is gonna want to represent for Canada and uh, you know win, right? Everybody, all of us are gonna want to win for the home team, right? So. 
you know, I think uh, it's going to be an amazing night of fights because everybody's just going to be bringing it. So the emotion in your voice talking about not only fighting on the same card as Rory, but making it to the UFC. It's so cool to hear, man. Like you, (laughs) you, I've spoken to so many different fighters and, and guys that are making their octagon debut. And yes, they sound like they're excited to be there, but you genuinely sound excited. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I, um, I, I do. Th- I appreciate that, man. And, uh, uh, yeah, like, la- and lately, you know, I just, you scrolling through my phone, like we went, uh, I went to the UFC fight, uh, in Vancouver when Rory, uh, fought Tyron Woodley and had some pictures there of, uh, you know, the empty octagon we, when we first walked in and looking at these pictures and it's just like, you know, like, man, I like, it's actually like this feeling like I actually can't wait to be in there. I actually can't wait to be in there. You know, no, I, like not even like a nervous kind of feeling. It's just kind of like, I actually can't wait. You know, like I, it's hard to explain. I just, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Normally, you know, it's like, okay, you know, now, a little bit more nervous. Yeah. Uh, you know, thinking, yeah. Even thinking about a battle, at the, uh, thinking about the battlefield cage, like, oh, I'm going to be in there doing battles. And like, yeah, I look at, I look at the UFC octagon like, oh, I'm going to be going in there and putting in work. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited, right? Like, I watched a little clip. I got Mike Chiesa on Facebook, and uh, it showed him and Sam Cecilia warming up in the cage when I think they're getting ready in Japan. And, like, oh, there's a bunch of fighters in the cage warming up and stuff. And uh, they had the, the theme song, you know, um, Rep Ram Two Pictures, that's on Bring the Pain or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, playing and everybody's warming up with that, and just like it just looks so hype. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't wait. Like, anyway, <laughs> anyways, I'm I'm excited. I just want to, you know, I, everybody, you got my back right now too, man. It's it's awesome, you know. Like, I'm not fighting anyone from Vancouver, so everybody, everybody from Vancouver is cheering for me. Everybody from BC, and matter of fact, everybody from Canada is going to be cheering for me. Right? I'm not fighting someone from Canada, and uh, no, everybody just wants to see me do well. Everybody wants to see me win, and man, that's like, that's like the best feeling in the world, dude. Like, I, I just, that's all I want to do. I just want to make everybody proud, and I just, that's, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be any happier, man. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't ask for uh, any, a bigger support group. That's for sure. Finally, before I let you go here, I know hockey players and most pro sports players have a ton of superstitions prior to stepping on the ice, stepping onto the basketball court, whatnot. Do you have any pre-game traditions prior to stepping inside the cage or in the locker room? Uh, Not not really. I try not to get superstitious, right? Like uh, There are some things where it's like, Hmm. Like, you know, that's kind of, that's a little bit too close to be coincidence, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, uh, let you know. So my, um, my, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. Uh, my first amateur fight ever to get this, my first amateur fight ever, right? This is back on my old gym avatar. Uh, I fresh out of high school, I was playing rugby and, um, it was actually, uh, anyways, I graduated high school through summer holidays, I was working training, and then October came on. Actually, the day, October 4th, was the day that I actually made my amateur debut. First time ever fighting in a cage was on October 4th. Wow, coincidental. Yeah, now, yeah, now that night, that night, October 4th, I fought this guy, and I knocked him out in four seconds flat. So you can count it. I got it, I got it on Facebook. I, I knocked a guy out in four seconds flat on October 4th. My jersey number for rugby was number four. And there, there was another thing that had to do with four, too. So number four, four, four cops that popped up. And I thought that was kind of kind of interesting, right? And then um, something something else happened, too. I fought, uh, when I fought Yusuf Jai, uh, the date was October 22nd, I believe. So I was like, oh, it's a multiple of four. And, like, something else happened. With, uh, like, I got a little superstitious there. So... You know, October fourth for my UFC debut. It's on the same day where my I made my goodness. amateur fight ever, and uh, you know, it's kind of like, we'll see what happens. That <laughs> second knockout would be pretty nice. No uh, kidding, that's yeah, well, a trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a trip for sure, right? So that's uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I, I'd gladly take a four second knockout, but hey, I'm definitely ready to go the distance. I just want to make sure I win, no matter what, right? So. That's, I guess that's my little superstition right there. For <laughs> he is Matt Dwyer. He'll be making his UFC debut at UFC Fight Night 52 in Halifax on 
October 4th. Uh, thanks a bunch, Matt. And just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors you'd like to give shout-outs to. Uh, yeah, you can get a hold of me on uh, Twitter. It's uh, at Matt Dwyer MMA. Um, Instagram is just all lowercase fighter underscore Matt. And uh, you know, big shout out to my main sponsor, Al Monty's Plastering and Stucco. They've been with me since the beginning. He's gonna my uh, he's my boss. He sponsors me on a lot, and he's actually gonna be my corner man in this fight too. So that's you know that's gonna be awesome. You know, Pinnacle Physiotherapy, Cairo uh, Aligned Chiropractic. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, you know beyond nutrition. All those guys, <laughs> just tons. I gotta, I'm gonna have to write it down when I uh, when I'm in the cage to read them all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Matt, it's been a pleasure, and uh, good luck on the fourth, man. Right on. Thanks a lot, brother. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. We knew it was only a matter of time before Mr. Matt Dwyer made it to the UFC. We have plenty of talent out of uh, British Columbia here when it comes to MMA floating through the local regional scene. It's only a matter of time before a bunch of these guys get picked up for either the Ultimate Fighter or some bigger organization. But congratulations to Matt Dwyer on making it to the UFC and debuting this Saturday night against Albert Tumanov. Should be a fantastic fight. I'm excited to see it second on the preliminary card. So good luck to Matt Dwyer in his UFC debut. Right now, as I said, is a new segment. It's called Sass's Taddy Talk. It's coming up right after this. As I said, we have a new segment on the show called Sass's Tass or Jeez. Sass's Taddy Talk. It's a tongue twister itself. Uh, here he is, the man himself, <laughs> Daniel Sass. Daniel, thanks for taking the time out to do this uh, new segment that we're gonna have on Sucker Radio maybe once a month, every few weeks, however time many times a month you wanna do it, we will do it. We're gonna be talking tattoos in MMA. Thanks for joining me, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm stoked. For sure. Now, obviously, I met you because I was in the tattoo shop, Funhouse Tattoos, on Canby Street here in Vancouver. Yeah. You had a passion for MMA. You were like, hey, check out this picture I drew. Just sort of talk about how you got into MMA, your work, all that other stuff, and how this segment sort of came about. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I've, I've always been a fan of UFC, but I think most, uh, you know, in MMA in general, I think more or less when it was just growing and budding but um you know the last couple of years especially when i really became a fan i would say like i i follow the sport i know the athletes and uh it's really the only sport i actually follow to be honest with you um i got into tattooing about five years ago doing it professionally for the last three um loving what i do and uh, the way this thing came about was because uh well actually even before you got to your tattoo appointment um your your artist art had mentioned to me that you're uh you're a big mma fan and Obviously, anybody who knows me knows I'm a big MMA fan, so I think we hit it off right away. I I, I really wanted to show you my, my drawing. I actually happened to bring it in that day, and uh, we just kind of started chatting and thought this might be a good idea, and here we are. Yeah, no kidding. Now, you had a couple ideas for the segment itself. This first one, we're just going to sort of shoot the shit about some tattoos in MMA at the moment. The good, the bad, right. maybe the ugly, and then we'll sort of dig into <laughs> how the segment will go from there on out. So just to sort of begin with what you want to talk about on this segment right now and, and how you see it progressing. Well, you know, the thing is, is watching MMA, uh, you know, you can't help but notice the sport, just like any sport nowadays, is full of tattoos. And uh, just like you would see in the streets, there's plenty of good tattoos and plenty of bad tattoos. Uh, from my perspective, I always wondered how that was even possible considering they're all pros making decent coin but at the same time you know that's the thing most people don't really see the difference being an artist i can kind of pick pinpoint things that stand out to me that could have been done better things that are really quite brilliant and genius in their design and flow and just kind of maybe shed some light to people that might not even be aware how long certain things take you know how much uh how much how difficult it may have been to sit through a tattoo like that etc just you know anybody who likes tattoos and notices them in mma uh, you know, I might have a little more some that to the conversation being a tattoo artist, I thought. For sure. And, and I mean, you say some people might not notice it. We've all seen Brock Lesnar's tattoo. We know what a bad tattoo <laughs> looks like. 
<laughs> you know what? Honestly, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, you mentioned earlier what type of uh, things I want to do with this segment. You know, I, I'm down for suggestions from people who want me to talk about something specific, maybe comparing fighters, fighters that are coming up on a card together, or just, you know, good and bad, yada, yada. But actually, today, I was going to keep it simple, talk about some ones I liked, some ones I didn't. And Brock was at the top of one of the ones that I liked, buddy. Really? There you go. Now, okay, well, talk about the ones you like then, or whatever order you want to go in. Talk about the ones you like, talk about the ones you don't like. Well, the thing is, is that there's so many guys in both categories that uh, we could talk about. You know, I mean, my just making a small list for today, I was like, oh, okay, I'll leave this guy. I'll talk about him some other time, or I'll leave this guy. Out. Um, but just taking a couple from each side, I'll start with what I consider to be actually kind of good. Um, you know, I also wanted to point out ones that people might be familiar with, and that's why Brock Lesnar popped up into my head. You know, obviously there's a big ass sword he's got going down his uh, his stomach and torso, and. Uh, and the meat hooks on his back and all that other stuff. I don't know exactly what's on his back in terms of that skull, but that sword. I don't know. Is that the one you were talking about? That's a yeah, terrible obviously tattoo? the sword, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing, man. I really do. You know, honestly, looking at his tattoos, you can see that they're actually well executed. They're <laughs> properly done tattoos. They're, they're nicely shaded. They're, you know, they're not garbage. Um, so he went to a guy who knew what he was doing. That's good, at least. You know, he's got all, got all that WWE money made as well. But... Um, you know, it was Joe Rogan who put it best one time, actually. You know, there's a lot of fighters, but uh, there are some people that are put on this earth to do battle. Brock Lesnar is put on this earth to do battle. Uh, I, I really, truly believe he's born out of his time. He should have been like a warrior, Viking, frontline guy who just kills everybody else or something. And I think that sort of is quite fitting. That guy is, uh, that guy is an animal. That guy is a warrior. And that's actually a well-done tattoo. It's very different the way it's placed going up his... Uh, up his uh, torso like that, in between his chest. Very phallic. And, you know, those, 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 <laughs> very phallic. Now that you mention it, maybe it is a terrible tattoo. Maybe it's going to go to the other side. <laughs> but, uh, so, I think it's well done, and uh, it's different, you know, honestly. I, I think it suits him. Now, the size of it, obviously, Brock Lesnar is a giant man. The size yeah. of that tattoo is bigger than something, say, on Conor McGregor or Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Now, the, so a sitting yeah, yeah. for a guy like that has to be much longer than a sitting for a little guy who would get the exact same tattoo, correct? Absolutely. If you were to take that, uh, or, you know, even his meat hooks that he has on his, like, uh, back, kind of on his back shoulders, I believe, you know, those are, say, some of the smaller tattoos he has on him. I bet you put that on either one of us, and it'll be a way different size on us than it would be on him. So you're absolutely right. More surface area would require a longer time. You know, there's no such thing as a small tattoo for that guy, really. And, uh, you know... That's the problem, too. You have these big heavyweights who sometimes have these tiny tattoos. Like, for example, just popping in my head right now, Brendan Schaub. I love the guy, but he's got this tiny little heart thing on his left arm while he's filling up his whole right arm. You know, that little thing there just seems so small to me on his massive arm, you know? you gotta <laughs> you got to make things in proportion. So, yeah. Um, also mentioning Conor McGregor, you know, yes, on a guy like Brock Lesnar, a tattoo like that would be much larger. But even that chest piece... Um, he was another one of my uh, another one of my picks for good tattoos. He doesn't have many, uh, and I do. I have to complain, even though I love the guy about that barbed wire going down that tribal barbed wire going down his spine. It's like he just took it off the wall and said, "No, no, no, not around my arm, down my spine." <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of bugs me, runs through the wrong way a little bit. But you know, he's got that little cross behind his uh, neck. He's got a forearm piece that's pretty basic, traditional stuff. But you know, it looks good. It's well done. But that chest piece, I really like it. I'm not even so much a fan of traditional work. I mean, not that I, I dislike it, but anybody who knows my work, I do realism portraits and stuff like that. But that gorilla is an animal. I mean, it's, well, it is, but it's a beast. Like, just the way it was done on him, I heard him say that he sat 10 straight hours through that. Wow. Look, I'll tell you something. Not many people sit 10 straight hours, you know? And if they ever try, it's because they want to, you know, their ego or this and that, and usually they make it to eight or whatever. But, you know, I've seen some real beasts in the tattoo shop who can take it. You know, one of my buddies, he's he's like that, and I don't get it. <laughs> but uh, I think it's that Conor McGregor sheer uh, power of will that uh, got him through that 10 hours because, you know, it just goes with his personality. I mean, the guy, he says he's going to do something, and he does it. He sat for the whole thing in one sit, and that is truly something to admire. 10 hours, oof, on your chest. On your neck. chest, yeah. Like, Forget yeah. about it, man. He must have hopefully used some sort of numbing sprays throughout it or something, I hope. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and the color in that thing, that thing just pops. Like when he first got yeah. that when he first got that, it, it was like, Wow. It was a yeah, I, no. I think it's I, I agree. I think that's a nice tattoo. Now let's talk and, some of your bad tattoos then. <laughs> 
unfortunately, that list is a little longer. <laughs> but, uh, and you know, the thing is, is that especially with guys with a lot of tattoos, um, you know, there may be some of them that are great and some of them that are not, you know. Uh, just off the top of my head right now, coming to mind is Cub Swanson. I love Killer Cub. He's an awesome fighter. And he's got great tattoos. The only thing I would say about his back is, is that it's a little messy. You know what I mean? And the other guys that I was going to bring up in that category, you got like Ross Pearson and... And even, I can't pronounce his name, that Christoph Sozinski, you know who I'm talking yeah. about? Yep, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know they, they, they have these pieces, and that's the thing. When you're going to cover such a big space, you got to think artistically, like, from a distance. Like, if I'm looking at this guy, well, you know, you would say at a regular person on the beach or whatever, but quite frankly, these guys, fighters in the cage, we're looking at them from a distance, right? When you see their arms... What do you see? Nothing. You just see darkness. You know what I mean? So you, you got to think of it. You're going to cover such a big space uh, or like Cubs back, you know, like it's, it's, I can't, I can't make it out oftentimes. I see that there's a cross in there, but like you, you have to be up close to see it. You know, now sometimes that's a result of a whole sleeve or a whole back piece starting from one tattoo and then you add more and more and more to it. But, you know, you got to think that like the, my, my least favorite tattoos are messy tattoos. It's a big area that just looks like ink vomited all over them, you know? And Christoph's one arm, too. It's just, like, so messy. And Ross Pearson, again, love the guy. He's an awesome fighter. I, once again, I'd like to point out, all my opinions have nothing to do with the quality of these guys fighting. They're all, <laughs> they're all great fighters. Um, and uh, hopefully none of them beat my ass for saying it. But, <laughs> but um, you know, again, same thing with Ross Pearson. It's, uh, it's, it's just a little too busy, man, you know? And um, another thing, actually, just because we're talking about Ross Pearson, I recently saw he got a tattoo on his neck. I don't know if you saw this. It's some script going down the side of his neck. It says loyalty or something or whatever it says, and a crown, too. Man, I got to admit, I don't know what these guys are doing with their money, but, I mean, do they not have any leftover for a good tattoo? I mean, <laughs> I saw the pictures on his Instagram where he's at the shop and stuff, and I mean, no, no disrespect to that artist, but it's just like, come on, man, you, you're a professional fighter. Like, the script, the quality, sometimes I wonder, you know, where these guys are going sometimes, you know? Maybe uh, their hometown doesn't there. have any good shops. <laughs> that having been said, the artist that worked with the guy that tattooed him was amazing. So, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> there you but go. But <laughs> anyways, um, another, another example of something like that is that Diego Sanchez, you know, he's, he's got a lot of typical tattoos in the man. He's got the barbed wire, stuff like that. Um, but I saw a picture online of his praying hands that he has on his ribs when he got it done. And, you know, same thing again. You know, I mean, um, the quality of the work, it was very red. The shading was just very amateur. It didn't look like a real hand with real veins. It was just like, I'm going to put some shade here, here, you know, you know what I mean? So uh, that's just unfortunate. You know, I hate to see that happen to any tattoo, especially guys who are going to be showcasing them around, you know, national television, pay-per-view, et cetera. Um, yeah. That's that, that's what I got to say about that. But there, there, there is one guy in particular I wanted to point out, which is a little bit of an interesting one because it's not a bad tattoo. And what I've mentioned before is composition, placement. You know how these things fit and fall on the body, especially when you got guys who are so built that their curves or their muscles, you know, can distort an image. Alan Belcher, great fighter. He had a, <laughs> he 